first official week. He's no longer a guest. I just want to bring him in here. I want to bring them all in. We're going to go right here. They're right here. Welcome to the show, Mr. Bobby Peace, officially. Round of applause, everybody. Round of applause. Claps, claps, Hello. claps, claps, How's claps, it going? claps, claps. Clap for you guys. Yep. You guys don't know what you just signed up for. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. He said clap for us. Is this bad? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure who we're clapping for. We're just clapping. Oh, we're clapping for just sheer, unadulterated nonsense that yep. you guys just agreed to have full time. I love it. Sergeant yeah. Sodium, as always. We gotta figure out how to I gotta figure out how to get active speaker on Skype to take over the large um box. But it's all gonna change in a couple weeks anyway, because we're working on graphics. We're making this an official thing. We're going to take it out of the house over to Nerdy Bits TV, twitch.tv slash Nerdy Bits TV. And it's going to be yeah. it's going to be a good thing. I'm digging it. It's going to be a good thing. Yeah. You'll see my alias pop in the chat and say things like, hey, because it's already uh, it's already a thing. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're building it out. Right there now. it is. Love Wub is now <sighs> Nerdy Bits TV on Twitch. So if you guys want to go right now, give him a follow. Start building that follower there because we're going to get him affiliate. Real quick. Anyway. Hey, man. Whatever we can do. Let's. Well, guess uh, what, guys? Dive in. To you, sir. Oh, you know, it's, it's all right. It's a it's a team effort. But what's up, everybody? It's another episode of Bounty Board. We have a new host, Bobby Pease, as has already been introduced. We are happy to have him here. We are excited to see what 2019 brings. This is episode three of 2019. Am I correct in saying that? Uh, what's the date? 17th? Sure. Mm, yeah, that sounds right. I'm bad at math, so don't make me count. Um, but yeah, we got a good episode planned. Um, we're going to talk about some fun stuff. But, of course, as always, we're going to start with the news. And uh, we're going to try something a little different. We're going to work in another host reading news. But I will start off first. And first, it's actually pretty good news. It's not all bad this week. Um, well, I guess last week was Activision and Bungie. So generally, we're pretty good about balancing good and bad. The verdict's still out. We don't know. We don't know yet. Yeah, so that was the that was the medium week. This week we have a little more good than we have bad. Leading off news is an article from Polygon, but this was everywhere. Um, this one was written by Petrana Radulovich. I read that as I read it. I'm proud of that. Um, I have said that as I read it. I read that as I read it. I can't. Okay. Um, the first Spider-Man Far From Home trailer came out this week, um, and it showed it off Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio, and it showed off what people are assuming people are assuming are the elementals um a series of villains that haven't been used since like the 80s uh which could be really cool um they included hydro man um and a bunch of other ones i didn't pull up their names but if people really care they can look them up they're called the elementals um but uh the trailer's super dope shows mysterio jake gyllenhaal um he looks like a mix of iron man and dr strange though the trailer says he looks like a mix of iron man and thor don't really feel they got that comparison maybe because he was flying but um, Maybe I don't know. Strange flies too, though. The cape. That's true. The cape. Strange has a strange, cape too. Strange yeah. has a cape too. So yeah, I don't know. It's don't, uh, you know, maybe, maybe they're existing outside the universe where Peter Parker didn't actually uh, go to the whole. I don't know. Sorry, there's a weird thread going around right now that um, Peter Parker never actually left the bus in Infinity War, hmm. and that he's living in an alternate universe, so he wouldn't know who Doctor Strange is. But that's not. God, we don't there's, want to get that also, deep. Yeah, there's also a thread going around too that it takes place before uh, Infinity War, which I don't think is plausible as that thread with all the time manipulation. And plus, I mean, Samuel Jackson dropped that 
spoiler where he flat out said Captain Marvel can travel through time. Um, right. Which I'm like, I don't remember her having a lot of powers in the comics <laughs> that she's got in the MCU all of a sudden. But hey, more power to her. That's fine. Yeah. But uh, did anybody else have opinions on this trailer? Everybody saw it, right? Everybody watched yeah, it. Yeah, I think it's super dope, man. Like you've got all new villains that haven't been in the you know the silver screen yet with Spider-Man, which is great. I think Jake Gyllenhaal is one of the best doing the the job right now. Um, I am excited to see like where they take it. I think there's a lot of courage to put out a Spider-Man trailer before the Avengers. They kind of had to, like they put themselves in a corner yeah. whenever they had this release schedule. It's like everybody's like, well, wait, wasn't he dust just like a few months ago? Like, what the hell is happening right now? And now all of a sudden he's he's on a vacation. Yeah, he's making people's brains churn a little bit. But Um, I I think it's going to be interesting, man. Like, I think that there's a lot of shit that's going to be undone, but then put back together in a really strange way. So maybe to your point, Doctor Strange isn't a thing in that world that he's in. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe. We don't see Iron Man in this one either. We see Happy. We don't see Iron Man, which is... Hey, did, did Iron Man sign that check or did Pepper take a closer look? I mean, okay. But well, also, is well, is Tony is Tony dead? What we did he see... should be. What we did see is Happy making eyes at Aunt May. We did see, yes. that, we did see that happen. <laughs> Peter was yes. like, what is this? What is this? What, what was that? What was that? Uh, Very good. Very you guys good. all want to go see this together? I think we should. Let's just all go to Austin and hang out with Eric. Yeah, we can go see it in an Alamo Draft House. Uh, that's the only yeah. way to see movies, boys. It's, I'm just yeah. saying it. The only way. We don't. We don't. We don't have one of those yet. I think uh, we're getting one. You are getting are. one. You are. are getting one. But we could come to Austin and go to the original. The original. Yeah. We, hey, you're 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 already there. Don't don't speak for all of us. That's. <laughs> I mean, are you you paying it a little bit? You throwing some cash in on that? I'll, I'll, buy, trip. I'll buy the movie tickets. And the drinks. Oh. And the food. Oh, okay. Well, that's I guess fair. that's more than air first. Hey, I mean, I mean, if you think about it, if the, three of us, if the three of us carpool down, <laughs> it's only great. like a 15-hour drive. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, but I, I guess the movie tickets really and the sure. food is let's, probably about as much as we're going to spend in gas. So. Let's do this. Let's plan for this. <laughs> if we do, if we're doing this, Pack South is traditionally this weekend. I think everybody just comes down. We do meet in San Antonio next year. We do Pack South and do that. Also, I mean, so I need right. to leave now. Is that what you're saying? If you're gonna ride a bike or walk, <laughs> I was gonna say 15 hours is not 15 months. Anyway, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Um, by the way, Eric oh, just shared in the chat. Everybody, weekend, everybody just uh, Eric just shared in the chat all of the nerdy bits links. Um, but I'll give. I'll come back to those at the end of the show. My Bobby sweet, has sweet robot Mr. Wadsworth took care of that. Mr. Wadsworth, the butler. Mm-hmm. Um, Bobby has a news article that's a little less exciting, but he wanted to tackle it. So, Bobby, what do you got to tell us? Hey, look, I'm wearing my Star Wars shirt uh, in memory here. You know, like I'm Oof. looking at I'm looking at EA, and they they killed another one of my darlings. Uh, the open world reboot of the once uh, visceral. Uh, linear, more like narrative-driven Star Wars game has officially been canned by EA. Um, no, you don't. <laughs> I don't believe it. <laughs> there is there is some weird shit going on here, guys. Like, this game, this was a game that we thought was going to be amazing, and then it wasn't, and then it was brought back to life, and it was like, and on top of that, it's going to be an open-world game. And then past that, you now have, like, this whole thing of, like, well, we're doing it because we want to put out more stuff. 
And if you look at the big picture, the timeline of what EA has done since 2013, when they signed a contract with uh, Disney saying that, hey, we're going to make Star Wars games for 10 years. We're going to do 2013 to 2023. And so their track record, they put out, um, I think, Galaxy Conquest on iOS and Android. Oh, that doesn't count, but go ahead. I, it doesn't count, but <laughs> but they, they count it for sure. You know, for sure. sure they count it. They put out two Battlefront. You know, they put out one and a half Battlefronts. Um, and, <laughs> and, and, and doing so they have now put themselves in a corner with what I have to presume to be some really upset shareholders especially if you look at the last year that Star Wars had they just can't have any they can't have any strikes against them now you yeah. do have um, Respawn making a really promising Star Wars game and I, I'm just not going to get my hopes up anymore I can't get burned again fool me once shame on you Fool me twice, shame on me. So, it's uh, no, it's a huge bummer. If I could, for a moment, just, I don't, I don't think it's going to be contradicting, but it's a thought that I don't think many people have. You said they've released one and a half Star Wars games, or Battlefront games, which I just want to point out, EA kind of feels like that like sibling or friend that doesn't have as good a beard as you. But you catch him like bragging to people, like, "Look at this! See this? I got two hairs! I got two hairs!" And then Ubisoft's like, "Bro, <laughs> get some work done." Um, but you said they've released one and a half Battlefront games. I would argue that Battlefront One was half a game, and that Battlefront Two is a really fucking solid game. Just EA uh, sank it. That's one and a half yeah. games, isn't it? No, it's no, no, still no. One and a half. No, it's still one and a half. I just wanted to clarify. In my opinion, Battlefront oh, Two okay. was not okay. half. All right. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, think, I think there's I think been more long-term support there. I think yeah. we all agree. And Battlefront that. 1 was a lot of fun. It was just a less of a game. Um, it was, you know, not... I don't know. <sighs> we don't have to talk about this at length. But I mean, but if they, if they say if they created Battlefront 1 now, it would be, like, worth two games, honestly. If they would have had the technology back then to make Battlefront 1 now, it probably right. would be, like, ten times better. It's the same engine, though. Yeah, you know they made Battlefront 1 like three years ago, right? Aren't we talking about Battlefront from like... <laughs> no, no, no. We're talking about no, this generation no. of Battlefront. We're talking about not, all the games oh, that okay. no, Dice... Yeah, I'm talking about like games. old school Battlefront. Yeah, we're talking, about like, we're like, talking about like pandemic Battlefront. Yeah, those Battlefronts yeah. were great. I still have both yeah, of them. Those are fantastic. I still have both of them. Rest in peace, so, pandemic. So. Let me pour one out for you. <laughs> Real quick. Dude, mm-hmm. for what it's worth, Pandemic made amazing licensed games. They made two solid Battlefronts, and they made a bunch of Lord of the Rings games that were well, they also, fucking righteous. What was that army game that they had? Um, oh, Merc- Mercenaries? No, 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 no. They had like Battle a... Of Honor? They no, had Mercenaries. They had Mercenaries. Those games were they had like an actual like kind of realistic shooter like Sim where you played a squad of army guys. Yo, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And about, you got to like direct um, them. Uh, no, no, uh, brothers. Uh, what is it? Brothers in Arms. Nope. Yes. Nope. No. Nope. Hold on. Band of Brothers. Nope. Pandemic. I'm trying to check it out here. Same Army Man. Uh, here we go. Pandemic Studio Games. Uh, the Saboteur. Full Spectrum Warrior. Full Spectrum Warrior. There it is. Got it. Full Spectrum Warrior. That game was dope as shit, man. Yo, their list of games was it. really fucking solid. Yeah, they were a <laughs> solid studio, man. EA really... bought them and ate them. EA yep. bought them and ate them. And that's what I'm they trying did. to like, more of the story. I'm trying to find this infographic, man. There was an infograph that came out that had uh, a list of all the games 
that were released in partnership with LucasArts prior to EA taking on the Star Wars franchise. And it's massive. And there's so many memories that were in that, like that I, like the reason I have an Xbox today is because of the Star Wars games that like, they were usually on PC, but then Microsoft had them on the original Xbox. Yep. You had like Jedi Outcast, you had all those other things. You had Republic Commando, you had KOTOR, you had all these, these massive, massive titles for Star Wars. And then all of a sudden now, in five years, EA has successfully put out technically two Battlefronts and one mobile game. And they've canned two other games that had a lot of potential. I I have to think that behind some closed door meeting, that that agreement, that contract is maybe a little bit smaller than it was sure. you know, five years ago. And Activision and Bungie separating has to have EA kind of squirming in its shoes. Yeah, I don't think DICE did anything wrong. No. Oh, no. You know, I, no. Oh, my God. So I was talking to somebody. We will not talk about this the whole time. But I was talking to somebody the other day about how at E3 this year, Eric and I were fuming about it in our first couple podcasts. Uh, EA sent the fucking DICE developer up to apologize for the microtransactions. And then the EA CEO came out to announce some shit project no one cared about. And that's such brutal. a bull. That's such a bullshit move. Like yeah, that DICE rough. dev had nothing to do with the fact that. EA fucked the game, <laughs> but Zero. they made him go apologize for it. It was oh, zero man. decisions. I, and then he came out and introduced what was it? It was the Command and Conquer mobile game, right? Oh my yep. god! Yeah. And we, you and I, I remember you and I were just sitting there like dumbfounded, like what the hell is going on right now? Uh, tone deaf does not even begin to describe where things no, they're, are. No, they just don't hear. They're not tone so, deaf. They just don't hear. Here's the thing. Like, I don't want to shit all over it too much. Like, I'm obviously very bummed out. Outside of video games, uh, Star Wars is something that, like, is very near and dear to me. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Star Wars. I, I would love to play more Star Wars games. Uh, it's unfortunate that this has, again, been shit-canned by EA. Uh, I only can hope that those assets and resources are being used in a way that gives us more games in that uh, franchise. But... I also really hope that somebody else just swoops in and takes takes over and, and maybe Disney steps in and says, we want to have a little more control over who makes our games rather than just you guys. So who the fuck knows? We'll see. Yeah. Right. Um, last thought before moving on to the next news. Um, someone today uh, in a video I was watching suggested they were asked if I could pick, well, if you could pick one person to make, one developer to make a Star Wars game and what game, and a specific game, what would it be? And he pulled Respawn making fucking uh, Republic Commando 2 and I was mm. like oh yeah. my god <laughs> well uh, honestly man whenever I heard that they were making it like especially after how great Titanfall 2 was yeah. like this this would be a slam dunk for them like that's in their wheelhouse I'm really intrigued with what they're doing but shit man like I thought for certain that's what we were getting like I was like all player, in on that player co-op fucking Republic Commando on next gen would be breathtaking yep. but we've talked about star wars a lot boys and i don't want to get everybody distracted and make so, them think that we're so talking about I, I don't want to bring up star wars i wanted to talk about ea real quick and just the, what this does for shareholders and i don't want to get away from EA. I, I, know, I, know, I, know, I know i know but it, it's we're kind of getting away from them in the fact that i want to say like where do we think from a from a shareholder standpoint and a stock standpoint it just opinions and i know none of us are financial analysts in real life or any of that um at all but where does this position Microsoft in the rumors that they were going to buy EA? Do they come in now that this is a total fuck up and EA is like hemorrhaging all over the place and say, 
we're going to make this acquisition to get the Star Wars licenses. Because I we've think, already got really good partnership ooh. with Disney. Yeah. Microsoft has and they've got Obsidian. Yep. You can make another corporate game. Oh, my God. So I think... <laughs> To make a to make a long potentially long answer short, I think we will see EA hemorrhage more leadership before Microsoft buys them out. Yep. EA needs to lose EA's shareholders need to fire more people so that Xbox can buy them at a lower overhead cost. Yeah. Um, in terms of like manning people, because they they don't want to hire people and then gut it gut the leadership. Yeah. But the leadership's on its way fucking out. Entrenched um, well, management. Do you yeah. guys? I mean, like right now. Like EA does not carry a lot of weight. I mean, like let me, let me back that up. I'm sorry. EA has a little bit of a stain that they have to address, and I think that if Microsoft were to acquire them, it'd have to just be like dissolving and keeping assets type thing, which I'm sure they would do. Yeah, but, like THQ Nordic. <laughs> yep. I mean, like Pick pretty much. Titles. I just don't know. Like, I don't think EA has the the weight that they once did in the in, in a positive way, and I think last year especially really did a number on them with a lot of missteps, but who the hell knows, man? Like, I think Microsoft is doing all they can right now to bring some more uh, first-party content, and EA definitely has some really great people under that umbrella that can do it, and uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, we got one more news article before we dive into our main topic, and Eric wants to tackle this one because it is his most hyped game coming up. It well, is. it's a good, it's, yeah, it's, it's a tie. It's, it's up there. But like, because the, it's up there. Yeah. I think if I was, um, I by far put more hours into the first one than any of us. Right. And this one comes to us out of, uh, out of your gamer, uh, Matt Wales, uh, was reporting on it and it focuses around the news article is not that lengthy, right? We'll post it in the show notes. Um, uh, you know, talking about the division private beta, but as I started to dive into it, the story trailer came out. The story trailer is interesting, right? I mean, it, it definitely felt like a Michael Bay film. Um, yeah. you know, you've got that, that epic music and that bum, 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 and guns and explode people running with explosions and stuff like that. But when I really started to dig into it and you get into it, there was a whole bunch of good news about the PVP, which I think was where a lot of people got lost on the first division, right? Is the dark zone was hyped up. And I feel like they kind of Ubisoft, the dark zone, they, they did some testing. They, they ran a full game. They've got a full cycle. There's been a lot of changes to the dark zone over the game. I think, you know, we're planning on doing a couple, maybe fresh characters in lead up to the division, a couple coast streams, um, you know, across, Absolutely. across the staff here yeah. uh, at nerdy pits TV. Um, yeah, I oh, made my heart flutter. I know I did, but I said the staff at nerdy Yeesh. pits TV here. Um, I like that. Uh, <laughs> but my point being is, is, a bunch of the stuff that they said, I think the biggest problem with the Dark Zone you saw in the first game is, uh, and I and I want to say they're taking a page out of Destiny or, you know, Destiny's playbook here is they're normalizing the Dark Zone, which I think is huge, yep. right? You go into the Dark Zone, you are flat with everybody. Guns, it, which was my biggest problem. The Dark Zone, when you got to the end game, did not become about the gunplay and the mechanics of the game. It became about, okay, I'm going to go in, I'm going to throw in all the medic and health gear I can. I'm going to have like 750,000 health points and I'm going to be a sponge. And that's the end of it. And yeah. it was boring. Um, yeah. I understand the spongy mechanics. It's an RPG, uh, but that got me excited. They did talk about a little bit and it was, I think it was Ryan McCaffrey's video that I watched over at IGN. Um, I think it was his voice, but talking about how there are occupied versions of the dark zone. When you get to the end game, which kind of go the Iron Banner route in Destiny. Then gear mm -hmm. does matter. 
um, having that little better. It's not saying that somebody that has better gear or lesser gear can't kill you. Because in Iron Banner, if for the reason you've played it, the gear stats are prevalent, but I can still kill somebody that's 10, 15 light levels ahead of me in Destiny. It's not, they're just going right. to be a little bit harder to kill than sure. somebody who is 10 to 15 light levels below me. Um, which, which, so I'm super hyped about it. Uh, that is the one thing I think the division was missing for me. How they support the end game and loot and stuff like that. The other thing that they mentioned too is there are three dark zones, uh, which I'm kind of excited about. Three different locations. I think the dark zone got really, really, really stale as it continued to just go up that one block. Um, yeah. I think though DC is a more varied landscape uh, than what we got out of New York. Yeah, uh, museums and, and yeah, they, yeah, they have the option of that. Oh, the other thing was is they've given you there's sorry that was the other big thing that got me really excited was the they called it shades of going rogue uh, in the video that I watched. Um, so there's different now levels of rogue status. So the first one is, is if you go in and just open a DZ cache, like if you guys remember the boxes in the dark zone, uh, yeah. that you would get and then try and extract it. Well, that now makes you go rogue. The second you take everything from a DZ cache, you're rogue, but you're only rogue to people in the immediate vicinity, not the entire map. Then you can either choose to run with that gear until it washes off. Uh, the timer runs out. But if you keep going and get to different points around the map, you'll eventually get enough access points to go into the Thieves' Den, where there's an ex exclusive merchant, different loot, and that destroys, that gets rid of that rogue status. And then it goes huh. up all the way until you get to Manhunt, which everybody can see you on the map, and everybody's gunning for you at that point. Uh, Interesting. So, yeah. Oh, the other thing about occupied dark zones is you can't tell who's rogue and who's not. You lose all your stats. You can't see weapon things. It just goes totally like hardcore. Mode. Yeah. Which is going to oh, be. Oh, really? Woo. I'm excited. That's cool. That. So, anyway. Yeah. I The only thing I disliked about the dark zone, honestly, and I that's probably mostly because I didn't play a ton of uh, stuff in the dark zone. Um, the only thing I really disliked is that if I wanted to go rogue and just start fucking people up, the game was like, hey, this guy's over here. And it's like, but, but uh, all right, I get the mechanic. I get the idea of not letting somebody grief people, but giving a place for people to go in and stealthily just start ruining people's days <laughs> sounds like so there was so uh, much griefing in the dark zone yeah, it, there got was to the, rough. it got to the point where it's especially towards the end where you just you could if you went in with a new character or a lower level character you just it wasn't even you avoided it like the plague it was no yeah. absolutely um and it would get to the point i literally remember one of my last matches in the dark zone that i ever played a dude and I just ended up, we were circling each other and trying to play it strategic. And we both had all like elite gear. And finally we just stood there and I, cause it's open comms in the dark zone. And I was like, Hey, let's just try something real quick. And we literally stood there and just shot each other with regen stuff on. And no matter what gun we used, our health just never went down. Like we just self healed all the way through every single bullet. And we could yeah, never, it was, it was infinite, infinite kill each other. We all ran, we ran out of ammo on every gun before. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so I over. didn't play much of the division with anybody else on this party, but Sarge, um, Eric, we played for a little bit, but you got the game later than people. Didn't you? No, I was, I got it. I took the week off of work, which was the problem. I was already at, uh, I was at end game before I even beat our friend Odin, uh, to end game. <laughs> oh, yeah. In that one. So, so I didn't play a ton um, with people here, but Ryan and I did play a lot together. And and uh, 
one of my favorite memories, and and it's one we share across a couple of games now, just because of like how the multiplayer environment has developed. But one of my favorite memories in that game is being in the dark zone for the first time, and understanding how it worked, because it was so well you know advertised. But that first time we called in the drop, and another team showed up. Ryan, I don't know if you remember this, but we were sitting in front of. It was like a courtyard where there were like a bunch of plants and like a, a, a medical tent on one side. And I was hiding in the tent, crouched down behind boxes, and he was hiding where people could see him. Sorry, he was covered up. He was, <laughs> he, was, he was in cover, but he was visible. And just the, the tense, just the tension of that moment of like the helicopter showed up and like no one moved. And there's a timer coming down and we're like, do we go hook our shit up? Or do we wait? Or ugh. and like we've had those moments in Sea of Thieves since then, um, and that's really it, honestly. Um, but I I really appreciate games that push multiplayer together like this and cause these interactions where it, the, all of the stories told are made by the players. Oh, that was... uh, I think the Division Two has a really really good opportunity to really capitalize on that. That was the other thing. There is loot in the Dark Zone that no longer has to be sanitized. That you can, oh, nice. you can pick something up, equip it immediately, um, and go. The other thing that it mentioned that's just worth calling out before we move on is the first introduction to each of the Dark Zones. Um, unlike with the first division where that you got that mission and you had to go into the Dark Zone, it was open. The first introduction to all the Dark Zones is a PvE story-based mission where you <laughs> will be able to um, learn the Dark Zone, understand the Dark Zone, get to know the lay of the land before you actually have to go in and play uh like somebody else yep. instead of them pissing you off yep so very cool i'm excited yep. about the graphics i mean the graphics were fantastic and you couldn't see half the shit around you anyway just because of the fucking the the winter storm around you but now you're gonna have a completely open world to see at the same time so i'm i'm excited to see i mean yeah. just from watching the trailer it looks good but I'm excited. I know gameplay is going to look different, but I'm excited to see what it's going to look like when you can actually render further distances. Yeah, and for sure. That kind of thing. So, and what about what about if like rain and fog show up? Ah, I'm right. so excited. Um, I just want to throw a shout out to real quick to the chat. My uncle Sketch Sawyer is in the chat, and he is surprised. Yes, everyone did hear correctly. I did say a good thing about Sea of Thieves, so I deserve I, I a golden star for that. Just yeah, you do. Um, just one. Uh, he um it uh and i i'll even say sea of thieves does that better than any game that's been out in the last two or three years is it creates those uh and i think that's what ubisoft was striving for with the dark zone um but yeah it uh it's uh it does that a lot better um yeah than any game um for sure right now for sure um all right so that was a pretty in-depth news section, but I'm okay with it because yep. there's a lot of cool stuff to talk about. Um, but this episode of Bounty Board, we're going to focus on something a little different than we have before, uh, and we're going to dive into mobile games. Now, um, there's a lot to say about mobile games, um, so the preamble, the discussion, I kind of wanted to bring up just the thought, the thought that like 2 billion of the 7 billion people on this planet own cell phones. Mm-hmm. Of those 2 billion people, there are... Of the 7 billion people on the planet, and of the 2 billion that own phones, there are about 3 billion phones in circulation, at least. Um, and, like, of people that have phones, upwards of, like, 70% have a game on them. 
and upwards of 50% of those people play those games at least an hour a week. So if we're going to talk about a platform that is the most compatible with the most people, phones are kind of absurdly in charge right now. And a lot of people write phone games off as shovelware or just garbage or like, you know, you get your candy crushes and you get your, your games that are knockoffs of that. But then you also get games like uh, Greece and Monument Valley and Florence. And so this is going to be a discussion about not just the good games on mobile, but the potential of mobile to be a gateway and the potential of mobile games to turn people away. Um, and as Bobby brought up, and I'll let him bring up again whenever he feels like it, the potential of mobile games to turn microtransactions into the biggest problem we've ever fucking seen. Um, so it's a pretty open conversation, y'all. So if anybody wants to start it off, um, let's just let's just go at it. New guy, go. Nothing <laughs> <laughs> like the spotlight just blaring into your face, right? Yeah. Uh, so, like, I'm a huge mobile gamer. Like, before the Switch came out, like, that was what I did on the go. Uh, I shoehorned a lot of what I enjoyed on the go until my iPad or my iPhone. Uh, I traditionally use my iPad more, so I play a lot of games on that. But the industry over the last decade has done this paradigm shift, specifically where uh, they've, they've started to do a few things. One, pe- more people are playing more games, to Caleb's point. You've got about 77% of Americans playing, playing games right now on their phone, which is insane. Uh, so you've got a bigger install base and a bigger crowd than you've ever had before. It's easier to get content. It's easier to download content. It's easier to play with other people than ever before on this. So, like, there's a lot of good that's that's come from it. Like, the idea of having a device in your pocket that can do all kinds of things. Like, why wouldn't gaming be where it's tapped into? One thing that it has done, uh, in my opinion, is it's caused this really strange uh, idea of, like, value versus benefit when it comes to gaming. And so, you can have a game literally, like release on multiple platforms and if it does happen to have a mobile port around the same time that this game comes to switch xbox ps4 that version of the game is undoubtedly going to be priced so lower that it all automatically does this mental trick to people where it has to be inferior to the experience you would get over here and i think i think that is like the really strange thing like if i would ask somebody about a mobile game they're not going to bring up up Monument Valley, they're going to ask me about Clash Royale. They're going to ask me about Clash of Clans. They're going to ask about all that shit that you see just push. Well, now, yes. Yes, absolutely. PUBG, Fortnite, those have done like, whether or not I enjoy those games is nothing to do with the impact that it's doing and creating in my opinion, another paradigm shift on what mobile gaming can be. So, absolutely. There's a lot to unpack there. I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're good. Um, it's a good point bringing up the fact that like mobile games are just cheaper than their the console companions. Um, and uh, one of the questions that Bobby asked us to, to answer um, in like a prepper like question for this uh, was like to kind of you know think about the games that are always on our phone or the games that we play a lot. And just thinking about the price difference, like I bought XCOM and Bastion on my phone. Um, and like both of those, well, Bastion, it's arguable it wasn't lower because Bastion's been around for like eight years and it was $10. But XCOM um, is a brilliant game on on console and PC. And uh, the 
mobile version that I play on my iPad was $10. And they're, it's hard to just like say because it's cheaper, it's worse. Now, it's it's not because it's cheaper that it's not as good. It like There's limitations to iPads and things like that. But if you play that game on an iPad or if you play the 360 version of XCOM on an Xbox, it's hard to tell the difference. Um, and just speaking to that issue, like there's a lot of stuff that people just write off because of what they see when they look at it. I think it's a... Whether, a... Go ahead. Finish that. Oh, I was just going to say whether that's price or graphics. And like... Uh, I know Sketch, if if my uncle's still in the chat, one of his video game bad words is graphics. Like, when anybody starts talking about graphics, it's like, fuck. Because most people, when they talk about graphics, they, they're skin deep. Um, and, like, they're just talking about things that are super photorealistic and they completely disregard stuff that's artistically represented. Um, and so, like, seeing a game that looks good on an iPad, that's almost more of an accomplishment <laughs> Um, than a game that looks good on a system that can pump out something like Red Dead Redemption 2. Right. Um, I, yeah, go ahead. Well, what I was going to say is I think, just before I get into what I, I think the, it is, a, I agree with you, it's an odd and outdated term. I think it's also something that is, comes with a certain sense of maturity, right? Um, there comes a point where you're... <laughs> the game, video gamers are known for their maturity. Right. Go on. No, no, no. Well, what I'm... <laughs> What I'm getting at is, is when I was younger, I, I have an appreciation for the art of gaming now, and that, but that took me many years to get that, right? When I think back to in my 20s, the only thing I wanted to play was the hottest graphic shooter, right? That's just how... Games weren't out when you were 20? Come on. Mm. Got him. You, you guys can hold, you guys can hold <laughs> controllers, right? You guys figured that out yet? Um, anyway, <laughs> with that said, my point being is, yes, when I was 20, there was no mobile games around, but that's where I was right is and to Ben's point and sketch in the, in the, in the chat is it is an, I feel it's an outdated term now graphics. Right. Uh, and we've talked about it on a lot of the different podcasts where uh, people have the, if it is a good time to be a gamer, because whether you want the high end, super high fidelity graphics, or you want the more indie experience, it's there for you. I think the indie experiences benefit a lot from mobile because it's much easier to go from having something like a Celeste, which came out on mobile, to you know Xbox and console, and those just go easier. And as you start to get parity uh, amongst the processing power that's on an iPhone uh, to what's on in a console. Not that it's ever going to be there or a PC, but even with the and I know we're going to get to you know cloud gaming in a little bit and streaming games. As soon as that becomes a thing, right, the parity just becomes more and more, and then that graphical argument doesn't get there. But going, you know, into the graphics arguments, like I have arguments all the time uh, with uh, some of our, uh, you know, a couple friend of ours. They have a, a son, um, and all he does is play Fortnite on his iPad, right? He doesn't have a console, he doesn't have a PC, and he just plays on the iPad, and that's how he prefers to play that game. He doesn't like to play it with a controller, and even when I sit my son down who's four or my daughter down and I put a controller in their hand, it's, it's foreign to them. Right? So let me ask you guys a question. If we're talking, if we're not looking at graphics and we're looking at the experience that they're getting, like whether it be on an iPad or on a console or any of those things, to go back to Caleb, you, you brought up XCOM. So can anybody without looking up tell me what the cost of XCOM right now in the Microsoft store is for an Xbox 360 game? 1999. Yeah. Yeah. No more than no more than thirty. All right. Well, it's thirty nine ninety nine right now. If you buy that from Microsoft, if you were to buy, 
if you're going to buy that game on an iPad or an iPhone, which I think it might be iPad only. No, it's on both. Sorry. No, it's on both. It's on both. It is $10. Right. So arguably you're getting this, like that experience that you're going for the story, the narrative, if we're looking past the outdated terms of graphics, I want to experience what XCOM is. I've heard about this game. I'm now like, is it worth $10? Is it worth 40? Like, where do like where does the value start to show the benefit? And I think that's what's happened with mobile for a very long time, is that people just won't spend forty dollars on their on a phone game. It's it is beneath them to do that. It's not worth it because we've been conditioned to think that we brick break good. All that. Yeah, we have been conditioned. This group, right? Because you know, arguably, I'm the oldest. We all know that. Don't look it. You said arguably. Arguably. There's no argument. <laughs> no, no. Just the yeah. oldest. Chronologically, absolutely. If we put it on a calendar. Mentally, though, I don't know if who's the oldest in this group. Sure, sure, not me. Um, but we have all grown up with an expectation. And just like uh, the point I was making with my kids is, is they we've grown up with controllers in our hands, with PCs in front of us, with consoles in front of us. They're growing up. The first game my daughter ever played was on her iPad with a controller yep. like that is her expectation of what a game is my expectation is i want in every generation a graphical leap in fidelity right that mm. that's what i look for the indie experiences are something i'm going to go seek out right but when i look at new graphics cards or new consoles or stuff like that i want to see that leap it's getting to the point where we're not going to see that leap right because you can only go you can only get so rich in visual fidelity um, to the point where you're on parity with what the human eye can see. And at that point, graphics truly no longer matter. Um, but for my, my two kids, eight and four, they don't know any different, right? They know, like, all my son wants to do, and, the, uh, and this is a shortcoming as me as a father, and I apologize for this, but all he's ever played is Super Mario Run, not regular Super Mario, because we haven't gotten him a Switch yet. And we, haven't give, or we don't also have a, a, you know, an old Nintendo for him to go play Super Mario. Sure. So his whole experience is, I'm going to do this, Mario's going to move, and I'm going to jump, and I'm going to tap the screen, and he's going to do cool stuff. Um, and the same yeah, thing. Sure. But, Go ahead. Sorry, no, so, but what? But another thing is, like, on mobile, what you could do is, and I don't know if this is something that we wanted to bring up into it or not either, but emulators, which you could get all of those games for your son to play to be able to play all the old nintendo super nintendo nintendo 64 any any of the older consoles and you can get hundreds of games right. to allow your kids to do that without having to go out and try and track down an old nintendo nintendo 64 from some used store you know some disc replace type store like that's what we have here in town and like hoping that the stuff works or hoping you can find your game so i mean that's something yeah, think, that they, that you could branch off to, to to allow your kids to play this stuff and still keep it mobile without having them yeah, in I a think, fixed location, I guess. Yeah, I think it's sure, sure. I th it's not a matter of emulator for me. I think it's more of an, at that point, it becomes a nostalgia thing for me, right? Like, I want my son and my daughter to experience what it was to have a regular Nintendo controller, what it was to have to blow on a cartridge or slap the side of a Nintendo um right because it's it's or you know understand what how to pronounce the word atari um and use one of those controllers how can you mispronounce atari i'm, I'm just saying you know okay you, i just was making sure your kids didn't say something fucking bananas yep. not yet I've, they, i okay. asked ella what or my my daughter uh who's i've said it before her name's ella but um 
uh, what an Atari is before, and she just looks at me and is, I'm like, oh God, what's the world coming to that people are not starting to forget what an Atari is? Um, and I think emulation is cool, but it's still, I think it's more for me. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a nostalgia thing uh, with that blowing into the cars. Yeah. Um, so I think I think Bobby does touch on a really good point though, and it's one that I don't think has had much of a rebuttal um, or even response, and that's that. If I ran across XCOM on my phone and it was forty dollars, I wouldn't buy it. And if your kid ran across a game that was forty dollars, you would not let them buy it. And I don't know why that's a thing. It's a conditioning. Like obviously, thing. obviously, it's a conditioning thing because like it's a it's a phone and like we don't expect it to be able to play this thing at this price value. But the problem is. Uh, as games develop and as technology develops, like these phones and these iPads become more and more powerful. Bobby, uh, when I worked with him at, at Apple, I would see him uh, doing all of his like editing and, and writing and whatever he was doing for his previous show on his iPad. Right. He didn't have a laptop. He brought his iPad Pro in. And, like these machines are extremely powerful. And I don't know where we build, where we bridge that disconnect. Right, I don't know how we figure out how to. Um, well, I think for stop that 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 stigma against mobile software being worth money, because like Florence was, was an amazing game. I know zero of people who played it. Yeah, it was on my top ten for twenty eighteen. Yeah. Okay. So I know one other person who's played it now. Right. I'm not. I'm not going to argue. I, I. I'm not going to argue Bobby's point. I think that's a completely valid point. I think it's conditioned. Right. It's. Um, is it? I think it's. I'm going to fall back on it's. Mobile gaming to me has never been just a viable platform, and I'm not discounting any of the games that are on there. I dislike smashing my phone. I don't like. Um, and, and I'm gonna. I'll, I'll be the first to say it. I have not, since the iPhone released in 2006, paid for a single game on my phone, ever. I think you might be part of the problem then, no, right? It's not part that I'm part of a problem. I've just, I've chosen not because it's not my preferred method to play. So I'm not, it's not a problem. It's I don't prefer to play mobile games on my phone. There are games to the point that have always been on my phone, but I play them very sparingly when I'm sitting in an airport right before takeoff, uh, you know, something like that. But if I'm at home, I'm never going to pick up my phone and play a game on it. It's just not where, where I, I'm at. I think I spend less on, and I play a lot on my phone still. Like I, right. there's a few things that make me do it. Like I want to play these games because I like to have opportunities like we're having right now to talk about it. If I think about what I spend, I definitely spend less than what one AAA game per year cost on my phone. And I arguably spend just as much, if not more time that I would with one of those games to have all these other experiences. And, and we'll get into that a little bit when we talk about the games that we keep on our devices. But I do think it's interesting that like, I'll have somebody I'm like, dude, you got to play a game. Like I'll, I'll go back to Florence. Like I literally had this conversation during game of the year. You got to play this game. It's very important. Like it's one of the most important games you'll probably play ever. And yeah. they're like, well, they didn't even like, like whenever I tell somebody, I'm like, hey man, like you got to play Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It's great. They ask me about the game. They ask me about why I like it. They ask me about the setting and development, and all that. They don't ask me ever. Well, how much is it? Like anytime I bring a game up for somebody on mobile 
or whether it be iPad or iPhone or Android, the first question is, is it free? Does it cost money? Like they ask that question first. It's something that is so weird. Like they don't ask about the game. Tell me why you like that game. They ask me, how much does it cost? And like that bums me out so much because it is now like basically like you have to then go and say like, is this worth your money? And like it used to be like on an emotional level, is this worth your time? So here's here's part yeah. of, here's part of the, here's part of the pro, you want to talk here's part of the problem Caleb you ready if you know <laughs> is uh, and Bobby are you gonna are you gonna educate me no 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 I'm gonna school, he's gonna, I'm school, gonna you. school you on this <laughs> um, Bobby shared a great article a great article by uh, a great infographic and article by Media Kicks right and we'll post it with the show notes I think it's it's absolutely pivotal to our conversation tonight I think part of the biggest problem is is the top mobile grossing games uh, I'll read them in order. Candy Crush Saga, Candy Crush Soda Ugh. Saga, Golf Clash, Clash Royale, Clash of Clans. There's the issue. It is. Respectively, respectively Candy Crush Saga in 20... This is the 2018 infographic or is this 2017? I can't remember, Bobby. Uh, I don't know if you... I, uh, this, it, I got this, it pulled up right now. Yeah, this it's is fine. for 2017. 2017. So uh, this data is uh, not uh, just a year old now. Candy Crush Saga generated 800 hundred and nineteen million dollars in revenue right that there is your issue is those are the games that are on everybody's spotlight those are the games that are giving giving mobile gaming the ad dollars right because if you're an advertiser and i go from a business standpoint a marketing standpoint i go and look at the the mobile gaming landscape and i say where am i going to put my ads what game am i going to put them in um oh shit look at this this game put 819 million dollars I don't even I like I would like to see the stat behind that stat that tells me the ad revenue that was generated from Candy Crush Saga for the partners and the people that put Truth. banner ads on there. That's the stat I would be interested in seeing. Um, now, my 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 point there is is you, when how do you compete? And I guess my question back to you is how do you compete in a market where those are your top five games and all of your and you're 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 releasing product that is not based on ad revenue it's not based on somebody paying you and i i uh, i'm not saying this is right or wrong i'm just laying out the landscape kind of as it is yeah it's it's shitty right it's it's, but i have i take issue with that because i don't think that's i know i don't think that's the problem because call of duty black ops 4 is one of the best-selling games of last year it's not one of the best games of last year at all Pokemon Let's Go Eevee, one of the best games, one of the best-selling games last year. Not one of the best games. Mario Tennis Aces, like number four on Amazon's top ten games sold last year. Like, there's a lot of shit on consoles, too. People just try harder. The problem isn't... I think, like, Candy Crush is popular because moms and dads play it when they're taking shit. Don't misconstrue. I I just want to make sure I'm clear here. I was not saying those are the best five games on a mobile platform no 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 okay but the but like sure. it sounded like it sounded like you're no 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 i'm not it defending like your argument games. was that i'm arguing no. that how do you compete against the 819 million dollars to get your name out there as a mobile game how do you get that ten dollar xcom which is arguably it's... a better experience than candy crush how do you argue against as an advertiser? Or how do you get a marketing budget that competes with eight hundred and nineteen million in revenue generated? It's I think, positioning. It's positioning. Well, it also like, comes down to like if you're going to play an eighty-hour game like 
Black Ops, not Black Ops. I'm sorry, God, that's not. I hope it's not 80 hours. I haven't played it. But if you're gonna play like, <laughs> there's no campaign. There's no campaign. It's zero. <laughs> if you're hours. gonna play a game that's like you know 50 to 80 hours, obviously that's a, a devotion. But if I was gonna have something where it's like, hey, I got this 25 minute commute into work via public transportation, like maybe I'll play Candy Crush, potentially an hour a day on my commute. Like I think that's what it comes down to is that people are pulling these things out of like. That people are so scared to be bored these days that I think that they have to have something to occupy that time. And if the newsfeed on their social networking doesn't do it, they go to this. We mentioned offline in our chat that like those games that you listed off the, the five games have so much in common with what you see like at a casino or within gambling that these people have like this literal like chemical in their brain that is like one more, one more, one more. It, it's, it's literally league. It's gambling. Fuck, and Rocket so, League is, yeah. <laughs> every one of these games is free to play. Uh-huh. Yet, look at the money that they're making because they build this faux confidence in people that if I keep doing an app purchase or if I keep giving in a little bit, their reward is going to be worth it. And I think like the gratification that people get from those 15 minutes, like, oh, I did it and I got this, that's great, is a lot more than what you know spending 25 hours in a world would be. Those devices, as much as I love them, just aren't cut out for a long time. Yeah, that's that's for sure. No. Pause, pause, Ryan. Ryan, 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 Ryan got his hand up. I love Ryan, it. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan has the conk. It's time for his, his turn to talk. Um, Are we going so, to school? Because it seems like. I was, about so, to, I was about to ask you a question, too. So go ahead and say this. I have a question for you. Okay. So I, I see Bobby's point about the, you know, I got a 25-minute commute. You know, so I'm going to play something that I can play quick and something that I don't have to really tie up too much of my time. Well, I was listening to um, something on XM Radio. I think it was Shade 45. They had a news thing going on. Um, and it was about how much time people spend on their phones every single day. And I couldn't remember the stats, so I kind of looked up like their 2017 uh, stats on it. And the, the, the U.S. shows consumers spend five hours a day on their phone. And our, I, I should say, mobile devices. So I'm assuming tablets and anything else of that sort. And they said 86 percent is four hours. So is on smartphones themselves. So to the point of yeah, the tr- the the commute is fine. Like I can see they don't want to play a long term game. But looking at this, the stats of people are using this for half of the time that they're awake. Because, I mean, if they go work 40 hours a week, that's eight hours at work, you know, half the time that you're awake, you're paying attention to your phone at some point in time. I know social media ties into that, that all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I, I can also see that why aren't they jumping into big games because they are already on their phone that much. But then also to come back at Caleb's point of nobody wants to spend $40 on, you know, on XCOM on their mobile well, I can also compare True. it to this with because Caleb knows. Rocket League came out at $20. And how many times did you go buy keys to unlock the free crates that they give you? So we bought a cheaper game and all the in-app purchases we didn't give a crap about. We could have dumped $200 into that game buying keys for these free crates that they're giving us. So... How, so why wouldn't you just go get Candy Crush and you know what's oh what's a dollar here what's a dollar there 
doesn't matter if you surpass the $40 that you would have spent on XCOM because it's only a yeah. dollar right now instead sure. of $40 yeah. at once, you know. So I think the bigger games is, I, I think that's a long game for the fact that nobody's going to spend $40 and then want to do some kind of in-app DLC for XCOM or, you know, upgrade your characters or anything like that. So I just don't know yeah. how that's so going to work. Think, so do you think it's an argument then that for, and I, I don't know if like the argument should be about quality over quantity or, or, or what, but do you think that it's smart or people should keep trying to port or create console-like games on mobile devices or should we get people to be making more things that can only be done on mobile? And the reason I ask this is Florence is an only on mobile game and it costs $4 and it takes maybe two hours to play. And XCOM is a game made for consoles ported to um, <clears throat> phones, mobile devices, costs $10. But it's a whole 20, 30, 40 hour campaign if you want to play that game as much as I played right. it on, on a system. And neither of those, both of those games sold about the same amount on, I, on mobile devices. I'll take first. And like, so is it, a, is it an issue of create things that only mobile can do so that it appeals to people because it's something that like they can only get here? Or do we need to just find better ports to move from consoles over to, to mobile devices? I, no. like, what, what's the, how do we, I, yeah. I think people. I know exactly what you're saying. I think people need to stop porting games to mobile. Uh, I'll, I'll flat out say it, right? Um, because the audience. I think Florence hits a nice niche, and I, I haven't played it, right? It's not my style of game. I think what strikes. Oh, you should play it. <laughs> I, I know. I, I I will. I will eventually put the 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 you know because I know I waiting for a plane. I could get through it. Um, I, I think one. I think Florence amazes me as an i think is an anomaly and i think they hit the nail on the head with that game uh is because um they allow they had a great succinct story as you guys have told me that's done in two hours right where i think the problem is is when you port a game like xcom over to ryan's point it is a commitment to sit down with your phone for 40 hours so a good example here is I come in when we stream, when we do this, when I stream and I play games with you guys. Um, I'm in my office. My door is shut. My family is asleep. This is, and now it's 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 my time, right? It's everybody's asleep. Everybody's good, a night. I think the bigger problem is I have the second I leave my office, I put my phone on the charger in the bedroom and I don't touch it, right? If I hear a tweet go off or you guys, one of you guys text me or, you know, I'll come and check Discord every now and then. But I put my phone away, right? I'm not going to ever spend 40 hours on, on a game that was ported over from Xbox uh, in, in that regard. I think, the, the, I think when we start, developers take, should take a note from Florence and say, huh, let's start developing these shorter episodic type content games. I think episodic content developed for mobile would work great, right? Um, yeah. where you're spending $4.99 an episode um, and then getting a succinct two-hour period that you could beat in five commutes. You know, you're playing 20 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day, and then the game's over, right? I, I think it's I think mobile gaming is still so new um, that you've got your, your, your Zingas that have jumped all over the big moneymakers and we're still, car the, the studios like Florence are still carving their niche out. So, well, sure. and with, with the mobile gaming, it's like, 
I can't I can't play an Xbox game by myself, let alone get my phone out and play for a long period of time <laughs> by myself. So it's sure. like like I hop on Xbox and my main thing is who the hell is on? Nobody? Alright, I'm gonna call it a night. Because like that's that's just how it is sometimes because like I I like the interaction with my friends. I I like being able to do that. So I think if mobile's gonna if mobile's going to be anything a part of it, I think they need to figure out a multiplayer version of it to where like I can join a party chat easily. I can do everything that I can do on a console and still play the you know, the games that I want to play. That's coming because. Well, I, I, well, no, no, I know it's, yeah. I, I know it's, it's coming, but it's just as of right now, I won't, I won't spend the money just because, you know, somebody tells me go play this game. It's really cool. Um, well, no, I'm not going to play on my phone. I mean, I'd rather be on Facebook more than I would be playing games on my phone, or I'd rather wait till I get home to play on my Xbox, where I can invite 15 other people into the party and have a good time. I think that's the an interesting point too. Like we talked about, like is mobile competing with consoles? And I think when we look at it right now, uh, there was an article, and I can't remember where it came from. I apologize, I can't reference it here. But there was an absolute uh, conversation being had about Netflix talking about like they weren't concerned with other people coming to the, the streaming platform for for video content. They're they were talking about Fortnite. They're talking about the, the player base on Fortnite being like, that's where eyes are at right now. And how do we tap in and get those people to stop what they're doing to come over and watch our content, which I thought was really weird to hear like a streaming giant like Netflix talk about video games. But if you're on your phone, and I'll use a very personal example, I was gifted uh, Chrono Trigger on my iPhone because I had never played it before. And they're like, hey, you got to play this game. They had it really cheap on there. Somebody gave it to me. I would try and play through it. And if I got a message of any type or if I got an alert or a notification that I addressed while I was playing that game, it would take me back to menu. So it caused this really shitty experience. And I think what's happening is like you're not competing necessarily with these other big giants in the industry as much as you're competing with things like Facebook, to your point. And when somebody would send you a notification, is that going to be is the game good enough to keep you from going to check and see how people like what you're doing? And I think that is a different type of an emotional like high that you get hmm. like if you if you put something out there it's like okay i just put this picture on instagram and i'm getting likes am i going to go check that and get that emotional satisfaction from being liked versus getting that emotional satisfaction from accomplishing something in the game that's the sure. platform that they're competing with and i think it's really wild to think that like now you have to make a decision like can i do both so to your point again microdosing, so to speak these experiences on mobile is all like it needs to be shorter compartmentalized like, i think that there's a time and a place for these endeavors but ultimately our attention spans with a, a phone is only so so big before like we're completely like i gotta stop playing this game so i have a question would uh the people in this group because <laughs> you're the only ones who can answer or people in chat you can answer this too would you guys be willing to play a game that asked you before you hit play if it could turn off all incoming notifications no i mean that's a great point like i shit <laughs> it depends like i think it depends on what i'm doing like if i'm playing a game like while i'm in line at the grocery store waiting to get to my turn i'm not going to do that but if it's a game where i'm like 
when I fire up this game, I'm not being interrupted. I might be inclined to do so. Because I know people that have like had issues being able to get through, um, not trying, not having issues getting through, but having issues like staying focused playing games on PS4 and Xbox when the achievements pop up. It like breaks immersion or gives them like a, a little bit of a like, oh, I got to go figure out what that is or kind of throws off their focus. And you can turn those notifications off. You can turn off when, you know, someone comes online, uh, things like that. And if you could say, I'm going to sit down and play this game for like an hour. I've got an hour. I don't want to be bothered. And set essentially set your phone on um, do not disturb so that if someone calls you, it goes through, right? Because you're being right. called and that's important. Or if someone texts you messages that you put in as like key phrases or whatever. I don't even know. I'm, I don't need to develop the app form. But if you could download an app and, and hit a button that said, I'm going to sit down and play this for, and it gave you a time slot. And then it was like, hey, that hour's up. Do you want to keep playing? And you could put it in another time slot. Would that help you play more mobile games? No. Why not? And and I so I'm gonna I'm gonna use this example and it's gonna be about Discord. So I go to work and my phone goes on silent. Well, actually, Discord's so damn annoying that I actually turn the notifications off for Discord. Well, the thing that sucks for me is that as soon as I get back on, and I know some of you guys Work on work with a computer at your desk all day long to where you can tab over and hop into Discord. Now I'm sitting here looking through six hours of conversation that I completely missed trying to catch up to make sure that I have all the information that I have for the next coming stream or in the other Discords of you know topics that have been going on through the day and I want to <laughs> sure. be able to and I want to be able to put my input in. So I if you if you think of like me, my job would be the game that I'm playing and my phone being on silent. Therefore, I have no no notifications, obviously, except for phone calls and texts. I don't like that because now I'm behind in the things that I care about more than the games that I'm playing. But have you not had nights where you've sat down and played a, a video game and blocked out everything else in the world because you're sitting at your TV? rather than looking at your phone. Like, you don't get text notifications when you're playing a game on Xbox. And I know for a fact I've texted you or I've texted other friends who are playing Xbox that I'm playing, oh, my God, the fucking Sea of Thieves example of when we had that dude in front of us who was by himself who wanted a, po a portion of our treasure and we were okay with it. And I was like, I want to kill this dude. I said but we're yes. in, But we're in game chat. <laughs> I texted you and I texted Ben. Ben fucking yes. missed. You did say yes, but Ben missed it. Ben That's missed it. So, so saying that like being in a game and not seeing your notifications would be a, a demotivating uh, thing isn't entirely true because when I sit down to play Xbox or when you sit down to play Xbox, like, you can you can get into something so that fucking nothing else matters. So is it, is it really, is it really being behind or is it or is it just like trying to break that that tick in your brain that has to be caught up on everything and that fear of missing out? I would because that's huge. What's happened recently for me, like the best example I can give to, to this example would be I got a PSVR. And when I put that shit on, like I've got my headset on, I've got the, the headset. I got my, I'm sorry, I'm wearing my headphones and my headset. Like I can't see my phone. I have no idea where my phone's at when I'm playing these VR games. I'm in that world. And it is something so insane to like have like this immersive experience that like quite frankly... I haven't had probably for 
over a decade with gaming because my phone's going off or there's some other distraction that's taking me out of that environment. And so there is a benefit to it, not too dissimilar from like if I'm going to go somewhere outside of my home or office to get work done because I want to be non-distracted by the things I know that will distract me. So it just depends. Like, yes, to a degree, I would do it if I knew that that's what my time allowed. But if I was playing a game in between the waves of life, I probably wouldn't be notified. Sure. And maybe it's an option that you turn on for like extended sit down or poop break. <laughs> and you right. you have no intention of getting completely involved because you don't want your butt to distend and come out while you're sitting on the toilet. But like, sure, we all go to movies and silence our phones. Right. And like yeah. when you do that, it's that's, I think that's the same thing I'm asking is like, I'm going to sit down and watch a movie in the theater. I'm not going to take my phone out. And if you take your phone out in the theater, you're a fucking monster and you shouldn't be allowed to go out in society. Um, but, Amen. but like we turn our phones off when we're in the theater, we put our phones in our pockets and turn notifications off when we're at dinner. It's not beyond the realm of possibility to ask somebody to stop caring about notifications for a moment. Now, Ryan, I hear you saying, not- you know, missing out on, on, on our chat, but that's also, you know, you're at work for eight hours. And eight hours is a lot of time, and I wouldn't suggest anybody sit at their phone with their notifications turned off playing a game for eight hours. Uh, um, maybe, maybe there's a solution to help people get involved in, in games on their phones more if we could focus them a little bit. Get rid of that ADD. But, so but I, can, I can say something to your point about dinner and movies. If you're, if you're, at, if you're at the movies and you're by yourself, like that's already sad. Or if you're at dinner and you're by yourself, that's pretty sad. But it's the common courtesy and the <laughs> fact that you're living life with other people around you. That's that's different. I, w- I wouldn't put that in the same category as what mm. you were saying before, because you are there with real people. You are there not by yourself doing something. You are actually interacting with people. I know at, at a movie theater, you're really not. But I mean... Who doesn't have a, a small conversation going on about the movie that they're watching or like little sly comments about that or at dinner if you don't put your phone on silent and you don't put your phone away and and honestly I'm kind of bad at it and I'm working on that but like if you don't do that oh, we you're, all a, are. We all you're are. a shitty person as well like I you how are you going to go out to dinner with your you know with your significant other or with your family and sit there and, and play on your phone the, the, the entire so, time you know so you can't put i don't think you can put those things into the same boat i yeah um, i, I uh, yeah, yeah i'm not, i'm not going to argue that i i want to get your opinion Caleb on how you deal with anomalies like me and what i mean by that is is i don't have a <laughs> I, don't, I don't i mute you and i go to bed <laughs> i i don't have a single app that sends me notifications on my phone the second I install something, I turn that shit off. It's all off. And I still don't play games for hours on end Yeah, because I don't care. It, when I, it, Discord, I got oh, no that, notifications. That, that's how Here. I explain the anomaly like you. Right. You don't care. You've already said several times that right, but, mobile device is not where you're going to look for your entertainment. Right. You know, I, I, watch movie, I watch Netflix on my phone all the time. I watch entertainment on my phone. I sit down and consume it. But what I'm getting at is... is how do you capture that audience there that doesn't already it doesn't have the notification on right i think it's i think it's still a matter of fortnite maybe but there's a there needs to be some sort and i think this well i guess what i'm what i'm trying to do is get us to get to the point of how does this change i guess what i'm saying 
when streaming game streaming becomes a thing. How does this mentality shift? Man, see this now, is this is the this is the problem is that like now you're no longer playing mobile games. Yeah. You're playing I'm sitting in the airport playing the Division 2 with you guys. Am I playing a mobile game? Yeah, see that's the that's the argument and that's the problem is that I think a lot of the discussion that we've had this episode starts to break down if you get the same quality shit you get on your console on your phone. Right. And if you were playing stuff with friends on your you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like when I've been playing games on my phone with people, that's why games like Words with Friends and shit are so popular and so people spend hours in a single day playing that game with people. Right. So it's not like they're blocking out people completely. They're interacting with their friends and they're playing a game of Scrabble over an app on their phone. And like those are more easily distractible um, in that like you can get a text message and then hop right back in and you're not going to miss anything. But um, there's, there's still games that eat up a ton of time. And so like I think that when we start seeing games that are on that are console quality able to be streamed across you know the, the internet to to your device we're going to see a similar uptick like we saw when games like Words with Friends came out is that like people are going to realize like oh I can interact with people through my device outside of home um, I'm not sure I'm going to be a person that's going to use streaming a ton. It's the same reason I haven't bought a Switch. And I've talked to Bobby about this several times, and Eric, I've probably talked to you about this a couple of times. Like, I just don't have a commute. And if I did, if, okay, I have a commute. I don't have a commute where I'm not actively the one commuting. Um, if I did, then I would probably own a Switch, or I would probably play, um, like, the 3DS that I had for a little bit. But um, there's there's stuff that, like, I just don't I don't have the time for but stuff at the same time that I make time for. And I think that like when I sit down to play XCOM on my on my tablet because my wife is watching Designated Survivor on the TV and I'm not bored by the show but I just I don't really care. Um that's when I will hop on my tablet and play stuff. And I think assuming that people aren't going to just do that sitting on their couch because they want to be social is also forgetting how much time we spend in living rooms and, and bedrooms and, and houses with people um, <laughs> not interacting with them because we're staring at some kind of screen. Uh, I don't know. I kind of rambled at the end of that and it kind of fell apart. No, I think, um, I think it makes sense. Yeah. But uh, this discussion has been super good. Um, and we're, but we're starting to come closer and closer towards our time ending with you guys. So, Bobby, you had a thing that you suggested we do, and I kind of butchered the description of it a little bit earlier. So, do you want to give? Uh, do you want to? You want to walk us through what your series of questions were, and then let us uh, let us play with those yeah. because I just realized you actually put like a series of things in here. And I did not realize that. So go ahead. Oh, no, it's all good. Like we talked a little bit offline about some things we could bring up in this discussion. One of which, and obviously we're all passionate about the time we spend with our phones in very different ways, was what games, if any, are always on your phone or tablet. And I think that's a really strong indication of like maybe our addiction or our affection towards these things and uh, why maybe we have them on there. But uh, for me, like I'll kick it off really briefly here. Like I keep some of these games out of affection for the the medium of like, like I think Monument Valley One and Two 
are absolutely just like high watermarks for what mobile gaming can be. I think yeah. it's a great job of blending art and the hardware that it's on. If you haven't played those, they're phenomenal. Um, a game that respects your time would be a game like Threes, which is just a simple like addition, like sliding tile game. That is something I'll put yeah. in my pocket if I'm waiting on like if I was ever in a situation where I was waiting for public transportation, which is not too often. Uh, if I'm in line at the grocery store, if I'm waiting on my wife uh, or anything like that, like if I don't have time to play an actual like console game, like we're waiting, getting ready to go out, I'll play Threes. A game that came out last year that is absolutely incredible is a game called Hold Down. Like, if you've not seen this, check it out. It is a modern take on Brick Break, and it does such a good job of uh, that one more round, one more round, one more round. That's the addiction piece here rather than the affection. Uh, and then there's uh, Alto's Odyssey, which is a sequel to Alto's Adventure, which is one of those endless runners, which is so good. Uh, it is a beautiful game. It has such a great just sense of immersion for being a tiny little screen. You can spend a lot of time uh, going through that. And then last but not least is a game called Miracle Merchant. This is such an amazing game. Uh, it is an incredible art style, which is all hand-drawn. You run a potion shop and you have four. It's a, it's a deck game, a card deck game. And you have to create these combinations to make a powerful potion and each person comes up to you saying that they want a potion with one of four ingredients in it, and you have to line it up. Uh, holy shit, this game is special. So Miracle Merchant, please check it out. He has a bunch of other good games as well that he's Dope. developed. Uh, and I'll try and link these the best that I can. Yeah, sweet. Um, so, uh, Ryan, what games are always on your phone? Um, well, I got, a, I got like, uh, they finally brought Roller Coaster Tycoon over, and that's always just a good one, just because you can... Jump into that one, jump in and out whenever you want to. Um, I wrote a bunch of things down, and I and I noticed that I've got a lot of what we what, you, what I'd call is like energy based games. You have a certain amount of energy that you can use to do certain things in your game, and then once that's done, you have to wait till it rebuilds back up. And Fucking honestly, I was those games. Is that I, like every mobile game ever? No, uh, I, I kind no, of maybe. a lot. I kind of like that idea for the fact that I can take 20 minutes and knock burn. out all my energy. Yeah, and then I know that I'm not going to get stuck on my phone because I've I've been working on not being on my phone as much. And like, okay, well, 20 minutes, I'm done. Now I got to wait five more hours till my energy builds back up, which is fine because I'm going to work, so I can do it before and then after yeah. work. Um, or you can pay and make the time go away. <laughs> yeah, or you could pay, which I've never done, and I will no. never do. <laughs> Wait, I didn't. Still, um, we're still two. talking about mobile games, right? Yes. Okay. I just want to make sure we're clear on who's paying for what. All right. Never mind. Go on. <laughs> okay. What? Um, no, I've got uh, I've Hold got on. a few. Okay. I've got a few uh, tycoon games. So I got Roller Coaster Tycoon. Um, I've got Junkyard Tycoon. Um, you own you own obviously a junkyard. You get to use your energy and like buy cars, you scrap them, uh, you have to sell each in individual part. So it does kind of take a little bit of time um, to play that one. So I do use that one to like, when I drive an hour and a half for work or I'm riding next, or I'm riding with somebody that's driving, I can actually pass the time instead of looking at good, the, the, good, good save there. the planes. I can look at the plains of Illinois and fucking fall asleep. Um, and then I actually downloaded Game Dev Tycoon, which Oof. I've fallen in love with. 
And I was actually going to play multiple games and try out some new ones this week, and I downloaded that one and didn't download anything else. So, um, hey Ryan, how long did you sit down and play that game at one time? Uh, thirty minutes. Fuck! I thought I was yes. going to be able to make a point. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, oh well. Um. So yeah, I've got that. Um. I've got those few there, and then I've got a couple racing games just because that's my thing. Um. So I got Mad Skills. It's a dirt bike game. It's a, a left to right style game. Does the uh, skills have a Z at the end? Uh, no, I don't believe so. Damn it. Thank God. Damn no it. No sale. <laughs> no sale. No <laughs> sale. I'm going to make an alert now. Skills. <laughs> no, Skills. No, I want to, I I'm going to make t-shirts for people eventually. That's our, like, our best line so that we can wear them. But the first shirt I'm making for Bobby is no Z, no sale. Because it's no fucking Z, no gold. Sale. It's so good. <laughs> but yes those are the games i always have on my phone um uh, just kind of uh like roller coaster tycoon i just like the the free play i the sandbox style i can yeah. jump in for five minutes do something and i can drop it whenever you know none of my games are to the point that i have to get tied down for any given point of time so gotcha. Gotcha. quick shout out to pokemon go i play that shit every day i didn't talk about it earlier it's it. Oh, no, that's, I mean, that, I, it's hard to believe we just brought that up. Um, yeah. Good point. Yeah, shout out to Pokemon Go, because, like, if we're going to talk about a game uniting the fucking world, Pokemon yeah. Go did some shit. That's only like, Pokemon could do. People that live in cities, um, because I understand that that game outside of cities is pretty bunk. Rough. But um, people that lived in cities, there was a moment in 2016 that was unlike anything I've ever seen, where we're like, the Grove here in St. Louis, for people that are from St. Louis listening, uh, was just full of like people on Saturday night when everyone's getting drunk, walking around in, in posses catching Pokemon. It was so good. Um, but anyway, not to belabor that point. Uh, Eric, what? Oh, fuck. Do you have games on your phone at all? I do. Nope. Oh, oh, okay. oh <laughs> it does. Oh. It's solitaire and... Nope. Um... It's free sale. No. Free sale. Free sale. So one and game, He one, has Minesweeper on his so phone. I, I do have. I have. I have a game called Minesweeper. Shit. I do have a game called Ten Ten on my phone, which is like uh, Tetris oh. in reverse. Hold on. Hold on, Eric. Okay. Eric. Eric. Ten Ten as well. Ten Ten. I, I like Ten Ten. I um, do. Yep. You see it right there. I do. I'm a big fan of Ten Ten. I love Ten Ten. I have had Vain Glory on my phone since the day it was released. Um, Vainglory is probably the best MOBA experience you can get on a phone. Um, it's actually got much. legitimate five on five now, uh, which is nice. Dope. That's actually really cool. Um, and then I have, uh, this new one that just came out. Um, uh, I'm a sucker for, you know, uh, games where you just collect cards and, you know, stupid, uh, it's, it's a classic, you know, Japanese, uh, card collecting, uh, game, um, energy it, it, right now i'm never going to run out of energy because my character i've got uh they had some I, I came into this game at the end of some event and ended up scoring a hundred thousand stamina um, wow. where every mesh where every single now it was some random like gambling thing that they had in the game for some event um and each each mission is like five stamina to do so i'm like all right cool this game is just going to get played now forever um, but it fits the same models, everything else. It's just a stupid little card game. I like it because it has really cool hand drawn art for all of the characters. 
um, which is kind of cool. And it's you just tap a phone and it's got autoplay, which is all I ever run. But that's it. Yeah, I don't keep too many. Oh, and I have ready games uh, on my phone. If you guys don't know what ready games are, um, they post a new game every 24 hours. There's a $1,000 prize pool. If you're in the top 20% of scores, you get a payout. Um, and I've gotten of the couple months I've been playing that, I've been in almost every payout round. So it's like every 24 hours, I'm getting two bucks. Yeah. That's awesome. <clears throat> um, so real quick in the chat, just wanted to give these guys a shout out for being pretty vocal. Um, Peace to all. One, two, three said angry birds is weird. I mean, I played it when I, when no one played it and then everyone was like, have you heard of angry birds? And I'm like, yeah, I beat it. But, um, addictinggames.com didn't have an endless level version, so I went around thinking I beat it. I must have sounded dumb. <laughs> um, for what it's worth, I thought I had beaten Angry Birds 2 at some point, and then I thought, <laughs> I have no Are you idea. Talking about Angry happened. Birds or actual Angry Birds 2 because there's like five of them. T O O. No, as well. Know. No, no, you no. I played Angry Birds the second. Oh, um, see, well, sorry I needed to clarify. To Fuck, I'm out. <laughs> I got. Get <laughs> And the stream ends because Eric forgot. No, um, I played Angry Birds the second, um, Angry Birds Junior, um, and uh, that game, like Ryan was saying, had like hearts that you could use up. I fucking hated it, but I played that game a lot. Um, after I found out <laughs> at work one day that I wasn't replaying levels, I was playing levels that were beyond the original, what I thought were 50. And I played that game until level 300, and I didn't see an end. Um, but you hated it so much because of the hearts. But you played no, it. No, I, I genuinely did. Because I would sit <laughs> down to play it and have nothing to do, and then have to stop after like 15 minutes. Because some levels are hard, and you eat through your hearts fast. And then it's like, spend $3. And I was like, no. But it uh, I, you. I never played that shit because they didn't put a Z on the end of it. So, whatever. No sale. So, my top, or my games that are always on my phone, just to, to give you mine. Um, I have 1010. I play that frequently when I'm just kind of like in, in media's res doing shit. So, you know, in line shopping, like we were mentioning, uh, so many people mentioned already, or waiting for the wife to finish something up, or sitting in the car waiting for it to warm up, whatever it is. Um, <clears throat> I also keep Hitman and Lara Croft Go on my phone because, like, if we're going to talk about adaptations, Hitman, Hitman Go is amazing. It's a board game adaptation of the Hitman series, and it's, I don't it's know so why. It's so good they brought it back to consoles. Yeah, it's so good. Um, Lara Croft Go is not as good. Um, it's still fun. There was a Deus Ex Go game that came out as well, and if you played Deus Ex Go, before Deus Ex came out, or even now that it's out, you get like Praxis kits and shit when you start playing Deus Ex Mankind Divided, which is pretty dope having them link into each other. Um, I have Florence on my phone. Um, if you guys are super interested in it um, and aren't afraid of a little bit of a bummer, um, I wrote a really uh, important article to me this year about playing Florence with my grandmother in the ICU while my grandfather was dying. Um, and it was amazing how much that game like paralleled the situation that ended up playing out um and uh without getting into long form description um check that article out it's on uh, nerdybits.com slash read um it's like the third article down or something like that um so that game's always there because i always like to jump in for a little bit of memory 
Um, game dev game dev tycoon has been on my phone for ages. Um, XCOM uh, is on my phone. Bastion's on my phone. Um, and then my guilty pleasure game is a game called Flip Trickster, which is like a a game where you just make a dude do front or back flips and land on target. <laughs> and it's so dumb. Like you you tap the screen to have them bunch their knees up and you let go and they jump and then you can tap the screen again to make them like tuck and flip. It's like the easiest, most just like eight ADD, like, no, I'm going to hit a button. Um, but it's great. I enjoy it. Um, we have a couple of more. couple of more. couple of more. Shut up. We have a couple also, more. Also, uh, oh, to speak no, to your... Oh, no, you no. can't talk. Shut up. Yes, what? I can. Um, to speak <laughs> to Game Dev Tycoon, since we both brought it up. Um, if, if you guys haven't played that, it is probably the most realistic when it comes to actually developing games for the fact that you have to... Like, in the game, it gives you a topic, and I'm just going to use this one because I scored a perfect on it. I, um, it's So I use zombies as my topic, and then the type of game you genre. have to pick. Yeah, genre. You have to pick, like, action, RPG, simulation, a casual game, strategy, that kind of thing. And you have to pick the correct, like, things that are realistic, like the yeah. correct topic and genre combination. Or they're gonna hate it. Like, yeah, I don't make a zombie. Things. Don't make a zombie sports game. <laughs> no one gives no, a fuck. No. Yeah, like, so you have to actually make it realistic, and then it breaks it down even more to the point of, you know, world design, actual graphics, the sound, you know, the engine that's used on it. Like, how much work do you put into each one of these sections to make this specific game appeal more? They they allow you to pick, like your viewers if it's going to be young e for everybody or mature so i mean it breaks it down you create your own engines for specific games as well like do you want to have better graphics or do you want to have better sound so like if anybody want, really wants to dig into games that a game that actually allows you to create games i think it's really it's a really cool game that you could actually dig some time into it so anyways yeah, the game's super dope. Um, Bobby, you had a couple more questions. Um, why don't you give us the second one and your answer, and then we'll go around and we'll do the third one. Yeah, the other one was, what is your favorite mobile port? Uh, for me, I would probably say, like, just because it's relevant, Donut County. Uh, I played it on my iPad, and that shit was so good. Uh, is that an Annapurna of... game? What's that? Is that an Annapurna interactive game? Uh, no, I think it's, like, one dude that made it. That's dope. And he also got ripped off because somebody tried to put out a, a clone of it before it came came out, and that was really shitty. There's a whole bunch of stuff you can read about it, but Donut County, play it. It's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Ryan, um, what's your favorite game that was a game on some other platform and then made its way to uh, mobile? Um, I haven't actually played much. Um, yeah, but, probably. Uh, was that actually on something else first? I didn't it, was know a, yeah. it was a PC game first. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yep. okay. Well then, I will say Game Dev Tycoon and probably Roller Coaster Tycoon. Honestly, yeah, no, that's that's totally Fair. fine. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Eric, do you have any ports on your on your phone, or that you've played on mobile? I'm gonna have to say PUBG because that's the only port I've ever played on mobile. Yeah. So, and it was awful. Um, I was like, I, I it took me five games to realize that I was awful. Really? Um, because I <laughs> thought I was getting five chicken dinners in a row. Uh, and then I realized, oh, they fill the game with bots. 
red shirts are bonds. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's what I, I hopped online because I was like, something something is off here. And then I realized, oh, red shirts are like red shirt, red shirts and PUBG Mobile are like away team members with red shirts on. They're just there for death. That's sad. Yeah. Uh, Star Trek reference. Sorry for those of you who are not fans. <laughs> um, so hold on, real quick, real quick. Uh, peace to all. One, two, three. If someone drove a mobile game bus to your door. Would you be willing to try it for $15 an hour? All four of you could go at the same time for a cool $55 an hour. So is the no. mobile game... I had this conversation tonight is... with my friends. Sorry, go ahead. That was okay. Um, you didn't talk to us about it, so no, you is didn't. The mobile no, I gaming... said my friends. It... Oh, <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm that kidding. right there is the difference between educated and schooled. <laughs> yeah, he just got school anyway. educated. <laughs> Um, what is defi- and we're gonna get, we're gonna keep going. But what is in the mobile gaming bus? Is it? It's like a buffet of games. Is it actual mobile games, or is it like an Xbox tour where it's a bus filled with Xboxes? All right, yo, peace to all. Here's my response to that, and it's an answer to Eric. Your mobile gaming bus, I would absolutely pay for if it was in the form of a food truck. So you had like a big old van, and you had arcade cabinets attached to the outside. And party mode console games on the inside, so that you could pull up to a place, un, un like take the cover off of the cabinets and open it up like a canopy, so you could be there if it was raining, and then you could walk up and pay for a badge that gave you a certain amount of time that you would plug in and it would count down time as you were playing. Um, I've talked about this with several people as like a possible thing that would be really fucking dope because like food truck Fridays are amazing. I don't know if anybody lives in a city that has these Bobby and I do here in St. Louis and um, food truck Friday is dope. And what it's missing to me because I love games is a, is a truck full of games where you can just walk up, spend a few bucks and play a game with like the six people you went to food truck Friday with. Like if they could get killer queen on either side of that food truck, and we could play Killer Queen again, man. Like the impl- the the possibilities are endless and amazing, and make me happy. Um, but I'm gonna move on and answer my question. So hold on, now I want to uh, know. Oh what? And hopefully, <sighs> hopefully Peace Doll is here. Oh, there is. He says Peace in chat says I had a friend who did it. He put old school arcade an old old school arcade system in pinball, Mortal Kombat, in Canada. You can smoke cannabis. So oh my god. <laughs> This just became the best idea. Yeah, right. So, hey, hey, a fucking truck driving around with old school games and weed. Let's go, yes, please. Yeah. Peace to all. Run with this. And when you're yeah. on Shark Tank or whatever business show that you're going to try and pitch this idea to, just make sure that you give us a shout out. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Yo, if yeah. that Run shit pulled up next to like a Run poutine food truck, like I would be in. Like, yo. Man. Done. Poutine, poutine, a joint in old school Mortal Kombat. Let's fuck go. Let's Did you say poutine or poutine? Poutine, poutine, oh, poutine, not poutine. Okay, no, that's no. Nope. Get your head out of the different gutter. things. <laughs> Very different things. See, see, now, um, we, now we know what Ryan's paying for earlier. Hey, yeah, God, there damn we it. go. Hey, that wasn't necessary. Okay. To answer the second question, so we can move on to the third. Any game on a mobile. Ryan, shut up. To answer the second question, so we can move on to the third and wrap up, because I'm sure you guys are getting tired of us talking. Uh, my favorite mobile port 
might have to be the witness because I didn't realize it was a until just now. Just kidding. But with that, listen, I have no clue. I had a mobile port. That game is worth $40. And again, it's fucking $10 on mobile. Um, my favorite mobile port would probably have to be Game Dev Tycoon. Um, I played a fuck ton of that game when it came out in college in 2014. It was either fall 2013 or spring 2014. Played a ton of that game on my crappy school laptop. And then when I found out it was coming to um, mobile, actually, it came out on mobile and I got a code for it the day I met Bobby. Um it came out on mobile that, that day and I'd gotten the code to review it. Um, and uh, it just translates so well. Um, moving a mouse around and clicking things to just tapping now. Um, FT- oh, fuck. FTL is also a very good mobile port. Oh, wow. But that's, that's, that's two things. And I said we'd do one or two, so I can't say any more. Bobby, third question. What is it? Uh, do you use any gaming accessories for your phone or tablet? Uh, my number one is the Steel Series Nimbus wireless controller. I will probably be updating that this year as uh, they just now announced what is called an MFI, so made for iPhone or iPad controller that supports L3 and R3. So I do a lot of remote play for my Xbox and my PlayStation uh, on my iPad when I'm at work. And not having the L3 and R3 is a little problematic, so you have to do some weird mapping. Uh, that gets the job done, but there is a game controller out right now uh, that just came out that will support that. Some more to come, but everybody needs. To, if you're going to do this shit, legit, you need a gaming controller. Uh, get yourself a good Bluetooth uh, controller for your games. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Ryan, do you use any accessories when you play games on your phone? It could be headphones dude, if you wanted to. Dude, I don't even. I usually don't even buy phone cases, so. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally fine. You're allowed to not have an answer. Uh, Eric, oh, do you use any devices on or accessories on your device when you are playing games? No. Unless I have a glove on. I mean, it's cold outside. <laughs> <laughs> but, then, but then the phone doesn't work right because there's no touch response, no biometric feedback. So, no, I don't. And real quick, right. Wild One, thank you for that raid, brother. Appreciate it. Shout yeah, out. we just got awesome. raided by thank a party you. of 15. Um, so, oh, my boy. F- yeah, thanks. The That's Wild awesome. One. The Wild One. You have to pronounce the H. Um, <clears throat> my favorite accessory to use while playing games. So I have a Mophie case for my phone. For those of you unaware, Mophie makes battery charging cases for phones so that you can do shit on your phone and then not die. Um it was a lifesaver when I worked in a warehouse and listened to podcasts eight hours a day. Uh, it is a lifesaver now when I take breaks and play 1010 or Game Dev Tycoon for like hours. Um, <clears throat> also, AirPods. I cannot emphasize enough how nice wireless Bluetooth headphones are. Um, and having those while playing a game is just way better because if we're talking about being able to be immersed in a game while we're sitting down on our phone, um, I play my Xbox with a headset every single day, um, or every day that I play it. I, I basically play Xbox every day. Anyway, I, I wear a headset when I play on Xbox, so having headphones in when I play on my phone is just a way to make sure I can get real focused in on that. Um, but yeah, so that's going to wrap up our our conversation about mobile games, but as you guys know, we always wrap up the show with our bounties. I almost said waypoints, but I didn't because I'm better than that. Hey, you bring um, that so, up every time? Just, you know? just so... Who's talking? Oh, cool, nobody. Me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
for those of you who don't know or those of you who just joined, bounties are our way of sharing with you a thing that we really like that we've been doing for the last week. Um, we are currently in the process of maybe talking about turning this into its own little monthly recap. Um, and we'll get back to you about that when we have more details. Um, but for now, um, Bobby, what have you been playing, reading, watching, or listening to that you've got to share with the world? Yoku's Island Express. Playing on the Switch. This game is charming as hell. It's got a great soundtrack. It is uh, one of the most innovative platformers I've played in years. Uh, it's on the Switch for 20 bucks. I think it's on a lot of other things as well. But if you have a Switch, like that's the home for it for sure. So Yoku's Island Express. Uh, I'm not going to say anything else about it. There is a demo that you can check out on the Switch for free that gets you like the first uh, like 15 minutes of the game. So that's what I did after hearing a lot of those guys and dudes over at the the Beast Cast talk about it. So uh, oh. please check it out. It's so good. So Yoku's Island Express, a lot of people are talking about it. So give it a shot. Um, it's not just us, even though our advice is worth following. Someone was about to say something. I was going to ask. I was going to ask Bobby. Are are we divided on our giant love of Giant Bob? Are you an East Coast? And West Coast listener, or just an East Coast listener? I listen to both of them. Okay, uh, sure. I, uh, Vinny is Vinny. I have a crush on Vinny. I think. Yeah, Vinny's uh, hilarious. So, so yeah. Dope. <laughs> um, Ryan, what have you been listening to, playing, watching, or reading that you want to share with the world? Uh, well, I started playing Warframe with you in uh, Sketch the other day. Um, oh, and my grandma. And your grandma. Yeah, uh, she's super I, into that game. I think I'm kind of digging it. Um, I played it the other day as well after after we had played and i i feel like i could really get into it but i gotta have other people in there to do it at the same sure. time i i think the the mission modes are cool but i think the free roam like just going out into the open and doing that kind of stuff is actually cooler um sure. and then uh new tv show i started watching ozark because eric recommended that last week and I'm actually kind of digging it. Told you. It's really cool. Good. It's very good. Um, it's very, uh, it keeps getting more and more out there. Um, you know, you start seeing certain things and then other things pop here. Like, oh, that's that's a little more in depth than I thought this show would get. But yeah, it's pretty cool so far. Um, uh, but other than that, uh, I'm just playing my normal games as well with, with you guys. So Dope. that's it. Eric, what are you reading, watching, listening to, or playing that you want to share with the world? Uh, we just finished up Ozark um, last night, finished season two. So now we're waiting with bated breath uh, for season three. Ha, 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 uh, ha. Was that a joke? No. But, but, it's got, but it's got someone with the name Bateman in it. And you said bated breath. Oh, yeah. No. No, I, no. Good, good call. But I Bobby there. and I, Bobby and I got it instantly. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't there with you. Um, sorry. Uh, I am, uh, I am looking at my schedule at work tomorrow and seeing how I can rearrange two meetings uh, that are in uh, whatever animal scheduled meetings on a Friday afternoon. I'm gonna have to have words with, uh, so I can just spend the afternoon uh, watching The Punisher, um, which is which yeah. is tomorrow. Uh, oh. Yeah. It might be out right now. Uh, maybe. Um, then, uh, super excited because we didn't talk about it earlier in the news, but the John Wick three trailer dropped I'm a huge fan of that series. Um, yep. I have my, uh, I watched that yet. Keanu Reeves, uh, is my, is my biggest man crush, uh, in, in the world. Love that guy. Um, he's had such an unbelievably hard life. It kind of breaks my heart a little bit. Uh, and his then name, his name means breeze. 
to the mountains or something like yeah, that. So he'll be okay. He and he lives it, man. Um, yeah. And then uh, also next week we're getting a John Wick esque, and I would argue that the writer of John Wick um, used this movie as or this graphic novel as inspiration, but Polar, uh, yeah. starring Mads Mikkelsen. On, yeah, that on, uh, looks dope. Yeah, that's a that's an old Dark Horse comic. Um, actually, so, uh, I actually read that one when I was, so I was, what's that going to be on? Is that on Netflix? Yeah, it's Netflix. Yeah. So that's next Friday. Nice. Mads yeah. Mickelson with an eye patch is, Mads the, is the thing I didn't think I needed that uh, I did. And the, Snake, uh, and, and the woman yes. from, uh, Vikings. Um, I can't remember oh. her name. Um, Ragnar Lothbrok's wife. Yes. His first wife. Uh, the original wife. Oh, the, the really good. Sorry. That's okay. I'm not gonna watch that show. <laughs> My bad for anybody listening. No, you're fine. Um, you're yeah, fine. so that uh, and that's about it. I'm actually going to. Uh, if you guys saw the shout out there, uh, my boy Wadwin was playing some Ring of Elysium. The new map dropped, uh, and I never realized that game was free to play. Um, so I'm gonna go check that out tonight uh, and give that a whirl because it looks pretty fun. Uh, it looks like it's the perfect blend between Call of Duty and PUBG. So maybe one day, hopefully, it'll come to console or you guys will eventually yeah. get a pc and we'll be able to well i downloaded that so i'll uh, I'll also check it out too yeah dope um i don't really have anything that i've been playing watching listening to or reading that i want to share but i do want to share that my wife and i closed on our house today so Congrats, either next bro. week or the week after thank you very much thank you they very have much. a tp just so everybody knows yeah either this hold week, on did the tp uh, come with the house so as long as the seller's daughter doesn't want it, she's 11 now, so she doesn't need it, um, it is ours. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, so either next week or the week after, you will see a different background um, in my camera as we will be in our new place. Um, yeah, it's exciting. I'm, I, own a, I, I own a house now, which is fucking weird. This is the first one, uh, right? Yes. Nice, dude. Congratulations. Um, we uh, we put the offer down and got accepted the same day because the seller was the agent. Um, her name is Stephanie Williams. If you live in St. Louis, look her up. She's fucking awesome. That's convenient. Um, we we put the uh, offer down on the 28th. Got accepted the 28th of December, and we are done with the whole process today on the 17th. So we we powered through it. Um, but yeah, that's what I wanted to share because it's awesome. Um, my wife's a champ. Uh, yeah, so that's going to do it for us this episode. But before we go, um, I want to let everybody know where they can find us and where they can find the podcast. So, so you know, this podcast, we do live Thursdays or Fridays every week at around 10, 1030. It goes up on audio. You can download from any streaming service you want um, on Mondays at 10 a.m. You can find that at nerdybits.com slash listen. We have articles on nerdybits.com slash nerdybitch. <laughs> We have articles on nerdybits.com slash read, and we have um, Eric and Ryan's Twitch schedules on nerdybits.com slash watch. Um, check those for any information you want to see to get to that stuff. Um, but that's going to do it for us. Uh, Bobby, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I am on all the social media stuff, but if you want to play any games with me, it's Lumberjack Smack. Uh, if it's something on Twitter or social, like Instagram, it's BPs85. Dope. Ryan, where can people find you? Um, Sergeant, Sergeant Sodium on Twitter and Xbox. So, Dope. Eric, where can people find you? Hybrid Glass. Oh, matters. and Twitch. And Twitch, yeah, we got it. 
Uh, and you can find me at Lovewell. Thanks so much for watching and or listening, guys. You guys are the best. And uh, we will catch you guys next week. Have a good night. Peace. Okay.